Space anime. How's it going, everybody? It's Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. I remembered to say the title this time. See? I, I can learn. SEO will I can like learn. that. Yeah, and uh, with me is G. Kuvo. Hello. Ahoy, ahoy. As always. And, uh, yeah, enough with the chit-chat. Let's kick it. Uh, so. A lot of stuff happened this uh, session. Yeah, this was a big one. This was uh, episodes 13 to 17, I believe? Correct. Yeah, and uh, holy shit, is it a shaker and a mover of a batch of episodes? Uh, you just want to get us rolling here, Kuva? Yeah, so uh, we start off um, with the Free Planet Alliance starting its, quote, invasion, liberation, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, lots of ships are going lots of places. Um, initially, they start out pretty well. Uh, the Emperor has plans which involve them drawing out the Free Planet Alliance to occupy more space than they can reasonably manage. And we see a scene of Reinhardt with his admirals and everybody uh, talking with Oberstein about their plan, which is basically to take all the food off the planets that the Free Planet Alliance is liberating so that they have to stretch their supply lines really far. Yeah, like, they are taking advantage of one of the biggest weaknesses of the form of, like, bureaucratic democracy that the FPA operates under. Uh just in that you know they have to go to their ideals right like they have to they have to go and protect the people and help them out or else they're not winning the hearts and minds or doing a good liberation so it's like a really smart plan yeah it's a really it's a cruel idea but it's the kind of idea like a dictatorship can get away with right like that shit would never fly on the other side but when you've got one guy calling the shots he can just be like yeah, fuck that planet, man. Take all their food. I don't give a shit. Yep. <laughs> like, it'll it'll fucking kill the other guys. That's all I give a shit about. Uh, so that's what they do. <laughs> yep. This uh, episode follows uh, one of, uh, I guess it's a Commodore, but um, a guy named Kessler who's under uh, Reinhardt. And he, it follows, the episode follows him as he goes down to this planet and starts to uh, implement this plan. Uh, on the planet, there's a guy named uh, Kleingelt. Uh, he's kind of, I guess, the president or leader yeah, of the he's planet. He's the, the Viscount. Yeah. And when yeah. when Kessler first tell, tells him this information, Kleingeld gets really upset because he doesn't want... At first, Kleingeld thinks that they're coming to like fortify and get ready for an invasion, and he doesn't want the planet turning into a war zone. But uh, Kessler tells him the information, and he's not really happy with all of his food being taken, but he understands why it's, why is it, why it's happening. So he kind yeah. of goes along with it and starts telling everybody on the planet. And, uh, yeah, and they, they tell him, too, like, very dramatically. They're like, you know, he's very resistant to the idea at first. He's like, well, that's kind of fucking over my people. I'm not really super into that and, like, losing all of our food and everything. And, you know, if the uh, the Alliance decides not to feed us, uh, then we're kind of up shit creek without a paddle, <laughs> huh? And, you know, they're just like, well, no, they're going to. Don't worry about it. And He's very against it, and he has to think about it, but yeah, then he agrees to in the morning, and they start implementing it, and um, immediately people are not too keen on this. Yeah, whole it should be shebang. noted that Kessler himself is kind of skeptical of the plan, but he trusts Reinhardt to the point where he does it anyway. Um, mm. As this goes on, he uh, Kessler meets up with a woman named Veer. I guess they knew each other back when they were younger, because it shows a flashback of them being happy and everything as younger, and I guess like she or he promised to marry her or something like that um but uh she shows up a bit during this episode she's obviously very against the whole aspect of war one because it took kessler away from her and two because the person she eventually married died in the war so uh she kind of hates that and like it's a bittersweet reunion between the two 
that goes over that. But um, as Clank, so as Clankart is trying to um, get ready for the Free Planet Alliance to show up, he's very concerned about his family line. Um, he, I guess, only has one suitable heir, which is the child of Vier, his grandson. And uh, he oh, also right. is kind of uh, upset with the fact that he is going to have to surrender to the Free Planet Alliance because I guess that's like kind of a political no-no if you're a noble person to co- court with the enemy and all that. Yeah, even if it, even if it was told to be done... Yeah, to, like by the, the yeah. by the emperor, like he was like, you are doing this, you're doing this right now. Even then, like not trying to resist more, I guess, like and take an honorable death. I guess that's how you'd get around this, you know, bullshit. Yeah, it, <laughs> it kind of seems like he was set up to fail. Like there is no good solution to this problem for him. Yeah. So so he bargains to have uh, just his daughter. And his grandson, like, sent with the military, right? Like, he's just like, okay, cool, we'll do this. You take them with you. And they're like, well, do you want us to take you? He's like, nah, can't happen. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, can't do that. Yeah. So he uh, convinces Kessler to take Vera, and I guess the son's name is Carl or something, with him. Mm -hmm. But uh, when Kessler goes to get him on the spaceship, she says no and that she's not going. And uh, this kind of upsets Kessler because I guess he wanted her to come with him. He, I guess, maybe still has feelings for her. It doesn't really explore too much, but they show him kind of upset about the whole deal later on at night. Eventually, he leaves without her uh, in the nick of time, right as the Free Planet Alliance show up. And the episode kind of ends as it shows the Free Planet Alliance liberating the citizens. They're all happy, and they're getting their food, and they all seem pretty yeah, cool like about it. Yeah, there's dancing in the street. There's a yeah, lot of merriment. It's like all the, happy. And then... Yeah, then the narrator booms in saying things don't go well (laughs) yeah just straight up they're just like oh yeah having a very it was like a Werner Herzog interjection (laughs) just like all these people dancing and it's just like this is the party that will kill him (laughs) I would love to see I would love to see a cut of this series with Herzog narrating (laughs) either him or Ron Howard one of the two it would work for him it has that slow like build up to a train wreck scenario that like grizzly man kind of does yeah. like in that same way where you just see the wheels turning and you know it's coming like you know this motherfucker's about to get eaten by a bear you just don't know when and what bear and then of <laughs> is course, it this bear or is it a phantom bear that you never catch okay, on the okay. camera Qu- quick interjection about this awesome movie if you haven't seen yeah, it the grizzly, grizzly, man's grizzly man's incredible so gee up there's actually specifically a shot in the film at one point where they have documentary footage like that the guy took of himself because he was a documentarian kind of and like was trying to do uh, ecological protect- protection stuff. So he's out there and it's like him filming just some bears because that's what he did. He was protecting the bears and he's just like, yeah, this bear seems like I don't know him. He's not really from around here. Never seen this guy before. And he seems like he has a bad attitude with everybody. <laughs> he, he's just kind of big and I think he's hungry. I think he can't find good food supply, but you know, you got to be careful around guys like these. Like, this guy could be trouble. And then just the subtitle at the bottom of the screen comes up of just, this is the bear that kills him. <laughs> Foreshadowing. It's just unbelievable. So, like, yeah, imagine imagine this show with that of just, like, 
like, ah, oh, we shouldn't pull up. They needed to pull up. <laughs> well, it was like, like uh, <laughs> I have, um, as, as just so viewers know, um, you know, each of us take our own notes. My notes were kind of spotty, and the very first notes I have for this episode are just fork saying, they'll never see it coming. Hard cut to Reinhardt saying, yeah, we totally see it coming. <laughs> yeah, I feel that they, like, some of the times when they cut that, especially when they're trying to make a point dramatically inside the series, it feels very Rested Development-esque. <laughs> yeah. Where it just immediately well, especially, goes the when it's, especially when it's Yang, when it's yeah. Yang reading plans. Like, when they're like, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to send some people to infiltrate, we're going to send them to start trying to divide the alliance because we know there's some shaky politics going on, we're going to split them up, and then we'll be able to get them. And then Yang's just like... Yeah, man, they're probably going to send some people over and act like they're POWs, and they're probably going to try and like subvert our whole society and try and split us in half because then we'll be an easier target when we're infighting. He's just like, oh, 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 okay, cool, yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but on to the episode. <laughs> yeah, so episode 14 uh, starts off with the narrator giving some stats. I guess uh, 50 million people over 200 worlds were liberated by the Free Planet Alliance, and at first it seems to be going pretty well. Um, it starts to become obvious to the Free Planet Alliance that a lot of the planets are without food, and uh, some of them are having trouble growing crops. Uh, that, was, that was the weird thing with this, not to cut in, yeah. but there's the whole plot about you know lack of food, but when they're going over this planet where it starts off, they have farmlands, but it looks like they just forgot how to farm. Yeah, it's weird because in episode 13 it shows the the Empire or like soldiers and what taking like boxes of food and shoving them on mm -hmm. the spaceships and taking off with them. But yeah, it doesn't make sense that like any of the planets just forgot how to do agriculture. I mean, maybe if they burned the fields or something, but they didn't really show any of that. I'm guessing maybe they took like the stockpiles of food and the harvest weren't up or something. I, I don't know how space agriculture I works. I think they I think they actually mentioned that. I think at one point they're like yeah, hey, why don't you just use your fields? He's like, okay, so what do we eat until the harvest? Because <laughs> it's, yeah, it's that situation. It's like, it's months off from the plants being viable. Yeah. If I remember correctly, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess uh... if you think about it from any, like, realistic point of view, if suddenly all the food in supermarkets everywhere were to disappear, it would take some time for shit in the farms to get onto the shelf. And so that doesn't mm -hmm. make a lot well, of sense. Well, I mean, um, not to step on Kuvo's toes, but when the episode started off, there's this dude who's a botanist that the episode focuses on called Valley Munt. And his whole thing is he shows up at a farm and he's like, oh, yeah, drill here. And then suddenly they hit a, they hit an aquifer and they're watering farmland that popped up out of nowhere. And it was sort mm. of like, did you forget to water this field? What's going on? <laughs> well, they're giving it Gatorade. It's what plants crave. I guess. Yeah, so as Jet mentioned, the this episode 14 follows a guy named uh, Valamunt, I guess is some sort of engineer in the uh, Free Planet oh, Alliance. A botanist, they said. Yeah, botanist, on. civil engineer, something like that. Yeah. And uh, they follow him around. He's on some planet that's having a food shortage like all the others, and he goes and helps them, the citizens there, start to get their agriculture back on track. Um, he meets up with, I guess, the leader of that planet. I don't think the guy has a name. But he they, got, didn't, they didn't give him a title. I yeah. mean, I'm sure he has a name, but he didn't have a title like the Viscount did. Yeah, so like he's like, thanks for helping us out, get our agriculture. We have some supplies. Let's throw a little party for you guys for helping out. By the way, check out my daughter. Yeah, he was really into hooking up his daughter, which I guess <laughs> his name is like Therese or Teresa or something like that, with this uh, Von Mood guy. Yeah, like he's straight up when uh, Von Mood just takes offense to something that was said uh, at some point and like leaves the room. And yeah, her her dad's just like, hey, go follow him out to that tree. Like, go go comfort him. And she runs out, and he immediately too. He's just like, D 
did your fucking dad send you out here to like hang out with me to brown nose and she's like yeah but i was planning on coming anyway he's like all right cool <laughs> so uh while this is all happening the uh, free planet lines like the bureaucrats up the chain know that they're going to run out of food eventually like they already know like a day in they've overstretched their supply lines um and they also i guess because of this are kind of aware that the galactic empire is trying to do a whole uh, scorched earth policy and get them to overextend the supply lines but like there's several shots of um one of the vice admirals t- calling into like the galactic uh, federation headquarters and trying to tell them all this but like there's a whole bunch of bureaucratic red tape bullshit involved about why they can't send more stuff like they talk about trying to empty the stockpiles at Islahorn fortress but even that's not going to be enough yeah, it's not even close to yeah. enough, too. They're like, they're like, yeah, we needed, like, 800 million, you know, pounds of grain, and there's only, you know, 70 million or something, or, like, yeah. 7 million in the yeah, stock. Yeah, um, it's not enough. Like, Isralone could hold potentially 5 million people, is that what it was, or, or enough food for 5 million? Uh, but they have has 5 million, million people in it right now. Yeah, yeah, and, food, like, plant, you know, people-wise, like you mentioned, there's 50 million people who now need food elsewhere, so. <laughs> yeah. So the Free Planet Alliance knows, like, they're doing Scorched Earth. Yang was talking about it at some point, saying how it's a smart plan, but it kind of goes against the needs of the citizens and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks to, is I think Greenhill, or was it... No, I think it may have been Bucock, and they're starting to complain to different people to try to get the shit sped up. Um, eventually, the Free Planet Alliance does send some convoys out, but... Um, they get blown up pretty much immediately. I don't know how the Empire got ships to blow up convoys coming from the back lines, but that's just a thing that happens. They just mentioned they did it. They like it, yeah. It's kind of a, wa- a hand wave thing of just like, they fucked up the supply lines. Look, man, we can't just draw boats blowing up all day. I yeah. mean, <laughs> we can, but like there does need to be story progression at some point, my guy. Yeah, the, I, numbers, I guess, I guess. the numbers seem kind of lopsided, too. Like, they didn't have enough... They didn't have... They barely had any ships defending the freighters. They were yeah, the yeah. They made a mention of that. Like there was a whole shit ton of cargo ships, but only like fourteen battleships or something like that, and they get mm. destroyed. But so um, because of this, the people are starting to run out of supplies on the front line, and I guess the uh, call comes down from on high saying you're going to have to start getting supplies on you know on site procurement. I think it was Fork that gave out that information. Um, so, OSP, huh? Yeah. Uh, so this is obviously upsetting to the citizens when the Free Planet Alliance, who had been giving them food, comes and starts taking their food. Yeah, just immediately run down and are just like, uh, I'm going to need all your loaves. Thanks. Yeah. It's like, no, but you're the loaf man. Now I'm the other loaf man. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a scene of Valley Munt with uh, the leader guy and Teresa or whatever um, at their house and the... Free Planet Alliance soldiers come up and like, listen, you got some food here. And it's like, no, we don't. We don't have any food left. And it's like, well, you threw that big-ass party. Of course you have food. Um, we know you have snacks in the attic. We're taking them. So, yeah, they uh, they obviously go and ransack the house, take all the food. And this pisses off the citizens, and they start up a mob. And you can kind of tell where this was going at the beginning of the episode, but it starts to come to a head where uh, France yells at the mob and says, hey, we're trying to help. Sorry, our dudes took the food. They beat him. Uh, Teresa helps him out, and then the mobs go confront the troops and blow up all the food because the riot starts. So yeah, they kind of like the, the, friends kind of mentions, you know, like he, he's telling them like, "Hey, we're yeah, we're trying." And when he's getting beat, yeah, when uh, Teresa jumps in, she's just like, 
hey, this guy's been trying his damnedest. He has been trying to get work done. Look, I know he's not, you know, the FPA isn't your favorite right now, but this guy's been trying to make it better. So maybe don't kick him as much. And then, like, one guy kicks him, and he's like, come on, man. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> it was funny. Let's go was, kick someone else. The beating was animated like they kind of, like, half-hearted beat him. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, you know, 50% kicks. Not, not everything. They gotta save some of that for the other soldiers. It's just kind of like inconvenience kicks. Like it's just kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Ah, oh, come on, stop ah, it. Oh, come on, damn it. Oh, my, shirt, my shirt's dirty now. Like enough that if you tried to stand up, it would probably knock you back down, and you'd be like, God damn it! Like and just not be able to stand up. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So uh, after we see all these riots, like I guess riots are happening on all the planets everywhere. We uh take a cut to Rubinsky, Mister Mean. Uh, happens to be lending money to the Free Planet Alliance because uh, he makes the note that says they think they're doing, you know, warfare, uh, you know, military warfare, but it's really financial warfare. It's going to determine the outcome because I guess like he's been looking at the books on both sides and realized they're both kind of strained in terms of funding and all that. So he's doing his old uh, jockeying with money there. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, we cut to Bukok. <laughs> so mm. Yang was talking to Bukok earlier about trying to get more supplies and yelling at people above. Bukok calls in to talk to Lobos and gets Fork instead. And I have here, Bukok roasts Fork so hard he faints. It's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like I can't remember exactly what he says, but he just like is criticizing him a little bit. Yeah. And Fork just responds with basically like, Hey, how dare you, you know, are you trying to insinuate something? Are you trying to insult me? And he just kind of responds with, I'm just making some observations from a higher point of view for more experience, motherfucker. And he just, like, starts, like, he just gets, like, an eye twitch and just falls <laughs> on the ground. Like, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, Fork they, looks like he's, he, Fork gets really pissed off, looks like he's about to say something, just goes, nah. <laughs> he, uh, they later explain he has some sort of, like, nervous breakdown tick thing. Uh, it, it isn't really explained too much, but, like, he has problems with too much stress or something, which doesn't seem like, like a good thing, thing to have when too. you're in the military. It was, yeah, it's kind yeah. of an odd career choice. Yeah, it seems like you would be asked to stop being in the military from then on. Something low stress, you know, like frontline commander, possibly. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Bukok eventually gets into contact with Green Hill Sr., um, and who tells Bukok that Lobos is taking a nap. So the commander of all of the forces in the invasion does not have time to take a call about riots because he is sleeping. Not only that, it's just like he he's taking a nap and he does not want to be disturbed unless he's like, they are being attacked. Yeah, he's like, except for enemy attack. <clears throat> we do not wake up. We do not wake up Lobos. We let him sleep. And yeah. just like, are you shitting me? I have a note me? here that says Bukakros Lobos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And Green Hill was kind yeah. of like nodding in agreement during all of that, but... The uh, episode yeah. ends with a credit. kind of popped off, like, a whole lot mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Like, there was some pop-off happening. It was good. Uh, the episode ends with the credits rolling of back to uh, the Valley Month guy and Teresa uh, trying, watching the Free Planet Alliance and the citizens fight. And uh, Valley Month kind of has an existential crisis at this point and says he just wants to go AWOL, like he's done with all this war bullshit. Yeah, he goes on a whole, like... We'll just find a planet. No one else does us. Fuck war. <laughs> Fuck all this bullshit. I'm so done. I'm so done. I'm super done. We yeah. can go anywhere. And we have Teresa's a whole ga- literally a it. galaxy. Yeah, and she's just like, okay, cool. Sounds dope. <laughs> oh, what's yeah. that over there? Yeah, her house catches on fire, and uh, oops, her father's dead, and her house is burnt down. 
And the last thing of the episode is Reinhardt saying, oh yeah, it's time to counterattack. (laughs) That's where episode 15 starts. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Episode 15 didn't have a whole lot plot-wise going on, but there was a ton of fighting in this one. Um, Yes. It starts off with Reinhardt giving the counterattack order. There's a lot of ships moving around. I think they play uh, the Vorjak's Ninth Symphony during the entire thing. Um, Yeah. Popolon, who was introduced in one of the first episodes, he's one of the fighter jocks for uh, the Free Planet uh, Alliance. Yeah. He thinks this is Konev. Yeah, yeah. He goes out and uh, <clears throat> fights in his normal cocky attitude, and he has problems with the ship. And he comes back later, and while he's popping off at the mechanic, one of his other fighter buddies comes up to say, "Oh yeah, like a bunch of people are fucking dying. This shit's getting real." And he kind of, uh, I don't know, stops being cocky. He starts getting kind of concerned. He gets serious, too. Like, he just kind of turns a little more stone-faced and is just like, you fix this ship, I need to go. Like, I yeah. need to be out there. And then the other guy's like, yeah, I need to be out there, too. Please hurry. Like, it, it's very much less being a shit and more going to be a hero, kind of. Yeah. At this least he is, thinks so. This is um, slightly off topic, but since we were just talking about Poplin, there's something I've kind of noticed um, the fellow who made the series, I'd look up his name because I can never remember it. It's Yoshiki Tanaka. And every single one of his things that I've seen, like Sori Yudin, Heroic Legend of Arslan, and um, uh, this Legend of Galactic Heroes, he always has a guy just like Poplin, and it's amazing. Like an arrogant kind of fiery yes, personality Yes, like dude. in Sori Yudin, the guy was with the JSDF, and the whole thing with the JSDF inside that was it was basically like a declawed cat. So essentially, he has he has like a tank and he drive it around and stuff, but he doesn't fucking care about anything. And like in Arslan, I guess the closest thing would be a guy who's a bard, who's caught up in the war and he's just trying to hit on every lady he finds. <laughs> so the nice. episode has a ton of fighting. It starts early out with Yang kind of making the notion that he knows this is going to be a war of attrition, and he knows that the Free Planet Alliance is going to lose based on what they've been doing. Um, they're out of supplies. Their troops are kind of in a disarray fighting the riots. They're also out They just have less ships. Yeah. yeah, they just have less ships in general, yeah. like by a pretty major amount, too. Like, it's like two or three times. Yeah, it's, so it's bad. Yang identifies this, and he's trying to look to disengage, that so he doesn't want to fight anymore. Um, they are introduced, it's kind of funny. We are introduced to several of the Free Planet Alliance's admirals at this point. They were kind of briefly shown during that conference in, I think it was episode 12. Uh, but now here they actually you know get named off, and like half of them die within minutes of them being introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, it's the, like super fast. Like they're just like here's all these characters. We're giving them the same pomp and circumstance of introduction we gave fucking Machiavelli and Garfield. <laughs> Oops, they're gone. Like just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> half, of the, them, like, half of them. All they said was just like. I agree. And then they just got owned. Well, there, was, there was the dude with the beard that reintroduced him. And then like a couple frames later, like his ship gets hit and a cable snaps down and yeah, crushes his ribs. I think that's Yeah, that's what it was. He's just like, sir, are you okay? No, I'm dead. And then he like farts blood up. Yeah, and just dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. I think even says he's just like, he's like, pass on command of this ship. To Gerbil Stobble. Like, we don't have a Gerbil Stobble, sir. Pass it up. Oh, God, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, Super so dead. they show several of the Free Planet Alliance people. So, like, Yang's holding his own because he knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, Bukok is, who's been introduced earlier and is actually uh, going to be around for a bit, is uh, holding his own, too, because he came to the same conclusion Yang did where he knows he has to disengage. Uh, but it's pretty much obvious that a lot of the other Free Planet Alliance admirals aren't as good as their adversaries they're going up against. It shows a lot of Reinhardt's uh, admirals just kicking their asses. 
Yeah, it's kind of a Star Wolf situation, if I'm being real. Like, it just kind of <laughs> shows all these guys who definitely are dressed more for the role of villain. Um, and yeah, they just, they're all very competent. They're doing things quickly and precisely. Like, Yang mentions, you know, just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we'll be fine as long as they don't do this one. Shit, they did it. Okay, well, yeah. all right, we can do that. Fuck, they cut that off too. All right, these guys know what they're doing. Neat. <laughs> like, yeah, so Yang comes up with a plan. He knows that they need to regroup and go back to Islehorn Fortress. Um, Lobos finally wakes up from a fucking nap and realizes he's lost everything, uh, freaks the hell out, and orders the Free Planets Alliance to regroup at a planet someplace as opposed to the fortress. Like, he doesn't want to lose all the territory he's just gained. Because Yang's mm-hmm. whole plan was we got to get everybody out of here right now and just leave. But lobos wants everybody to stay so he wants to stand his ground a little bit as opposed to yang who is saying we've lost this if we try to fight in any capacity we will lose this like just we need to go entirely back to base where we have the fuck off laser like then we're good yeah so while this this happens um they both all the free planet alliance and all the galactic empire guys realize that it's going to be a showdown at this uh, it's not a planet it's a sun actually where they end up um and Ryan's getting cocky at this point. He says, if this wants to be their graveyard, I have to, you know, grant them their request or some something like that. So there's another huge fight. Uh, this time it's pretty much all the remaining Free Planet Alliance fleets versus everything the Galactic Empire has. Um, the fight is not going well for the Free Planet Alliance. Uh, they have far less ships at this point. Uh, their fleets are in disarray. Most of their admirals are dead. Um, the only saving grace is that uh, Bittenfield, which is one of Reinhardt's admirals, is a cocky <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, and yep. instead of staying with the fleet, he tries to go and finish the whole fight himself. And as such, Yang takes that opportunity to kick his ass a bit. And this Yeah, he le- goes for glory, and yeah. it's very ill-advised. Like, it's basically, they have it in the bag, they just need to keep doing what they're doing, and this guy's just like... I want the promotion real yeah, bad. He which wants that immediately... final kill, that final blow. <laughs> and I oh, have man, in my notes Ryan here, Field makes an oopsie. Ryan tells him to fuck off. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, fucks up and loses half of his ships and asks for more. And Reinhardt's like, I don't have a magical jar that makes ships. Tell him to fuck off. Yeah, my notes here say, Bittenfeld, you goofed it. Then, he ha- then I have here in quotes, give me backup, Reinhardt. Reinhardt says, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, like it, it, it's just very, very direct too. Like Reinhardt makes Reinhardt was no upset. attempt to make it a political mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, he's mad. Like, yeah, because he, like he said something to the effect of like the fight was going perfectly for him until Bittenfield screwed it all up. Yeah, these are mm-hmm. people that Reinhardt handpicked, and to see one of them screw the pooch so badly really pissed him off. Yeah, and like in the in the long term, it wasn't. And this sounds crazy when it's like it lost half of you know half a fleet, but it's not that huge of a loss in the grand scheme of things. Like they still win, obviously, because it's an unlosable battle. But it's not a perfect win, basically. Yeah. And then uh, the final nail in the coffin, even though Bittenfield fucked up, is that Kilki Ice decides to flank everybody and just coming from behind. Um, so at this point, the Free Planet Alliance is pretty much surrounded, and then the episode ends there. Uh, episode 16 starts up with uh, Yang deciding, it's like, well, I gotta get the rest of these Free Planet Alliance people out of here. I'll do some rear guard bullshit and probably sacrifice myself. Um, Reinhardt at this point... Oh, yeah, we did, we did skip over one of Yang's hot moves, uh, where he parked his ass directly on top of a sun so that he could nuke the sun to create, like, solar winds to get up in their shit faster. Like, he just oh, yeah. kind of trick-rushed him that. down. 
He made, yeah, he made a he comment used about the his- sun to make a booster to like jet him up to them really quickly, and he makes a comment about basically like. Hey, this is for that time you tried to fuck us with some planet bullshit, idiot. <laughs> just like yeah. jets up at him, takes him out. Oh, it's so good. So um, episode 16 starts. Yang's doing some rear guard protection while the rest of the shitty free planet alliance, what's left of their fleets, are escaping. Um, Reinhardt sees this as an opportunity to destroy Yang's fleet because he's severely outnumbered. Um, he's getting really upset at Yang for doing this because he realizes that, like, this is his rival at this point. Like, Yang's kind of not, doesn't really care too much about Reinhardt at all, but Reinhardt's, like, kind of becoming obsessed with defeating Yang. He feels that, like, him being there is, like, an insult to his intelligence on the battlefield or something. Yeah. So, as they do this, like, entrapment maneuver, Bittenfield, having lost half of his ships being a dumb shit, is the weak link, which Yang identifies and breaks through. Um... He eventually gets out, but it's a huge catastrophic uh, loss of life and ships for the Free Planet Alliance at this point. Yeah. Um, as Ryan, or as Yang is coming back, um, there's a quote here that I thought was uh, very good. Um, as Yang is mm-hmm. returning back to, I guess, Ezelhorn was where they're going. He says to, uh, is it Fre- Frederica, I think? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I've learned that there's two currents of thought in human society. The opinion that the things are that thing, yeah. the opinion that there are things worth more than human life, and the opinion that there is nothing preferable to life. When people start the fight, it's on the pretext of the former that the people justify it, and it's on the latter when they stop. And uh, that's a, I think, a very good quote and a good observation about human uh, behavior. Yeah. And it's yeah, where it's like, like uh, uh, you're getting all these people now who either you know, their preferences to their elected position or to their power, their family line above human life. They're putting, uh, you know, just the concept of a liberation that's yeah, really not needed context, or desired. Yeah, the context of them trying to liberate these because obviously it's like, oh, it's worth more than human life. These people be free. and We have to do some sacrifices. And then once the shit starts to get real, it's like, well, we have to preserve life above all else. And that's how they're trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so after, uh, this, they cut to Reinhardt talking to his admirals. Um, he's actually pretty happy with everybody except for Bittenfield. Uh, he gives Bittenfield a dressing down to and confines him to his quarters and will start an inquiry or some bullshit. And it's funny. Yeah. Like it's, it's like ruthless too. Like it's very much a one-on-one direct to his face. Like you fucked it bad to the point that we're going to have an investigation and see if you maybe are being treasonous. Like it was like, uh, uh, Oh, and, uh, yeah. Ryan Hart just kind of turns to everybody and he's like, y'all think this is a game? (laughs) (laughs) And and, like, Kirk is kind of against it. Yeah. And Bitfield's defense, he didn't say anything. Like he knew he fucked up. So at least he, yeah, he wasn't trying to defend himself or anything. Like when it was just, you know, kind of a moment of like, this is a bit harsh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but so he, uh, Ryan, this is actually a good segue. Reinhardt storms off after this and Kilkeis follows him, to which Oberstein has some inner monologue being concerned that Kilkeis has too much privilege as Reinhardt's friend to be around him and he isn't taking this as kind of a professional approach. But um, Kilkeis, being the man of reason, said he should stop being so hard on Bittenfield. And then the real reason Reinhardt kind of lashed out is because he's mad at himself that Yang is doing better than he is. I mean, because for all intents and purposes, like, Yang was severely outnumbered, should have lost and probably died, and yet he was able to get away 
uh, with retreating and protecting most of the fleet he was around, and that kind of upsets Reinhardt a lot. Um, yeah, he kind of like views him as the one person who can either give him the slip or you know kind of take the upper hand in an impossible situation. And yeah, he feels honestly like he's the only me, person competent enough it. to. Yeah, just the only person competent enough of the FBA to really like stop him or slow him down. I have a note here that I just realized what I was trying to say as you were explaining about Oberstein. And what it basically means here is that Oberstein is Garfield and he sees Kircheis as Nermal. <laughs> I think that fits. I think that fits. I was looking here and I had some joke. scribbling. I had some scribbling on a notepad and something about Nermal. And I'm, I'm gonna, like a Nermal. I'm going to push that Kilgi ice off a table. <laughs> I'm going to send him to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Space Abu Dhabi. God damn it. Okay, so uh, Reinhardt thanks Kilgi ice for the pep talk. He k- kind of confronts his uh, frustrations and that makes him a bit happier. Uh, we go back over to the Free Planet Alliance side. Trunint. uh since he was one of the only three people to oppose the war, and after this war has just had a huge loss of life cost, has now been promoted to the uh, leadership of the High Council. Um, it's kind of, since he voted no, he knew that was a power play sort of thing going on, and knew it would pay off in the long run, and now he's yeah, has more power. It, it was it. his, yeah, his setup just paid off perfectly, yeah. like absolutely perfectly, because if you remember earlier, even when, um, you know, obviously he is a war hawk, and he is very pro-war, but I think it was... You know, just a few episodes ago where they were having the, you know, meeting to decide on whether or not they have the war. And he was so sure that it was A, going to happen, and B, fail, that he just voted abstained, against it, yeah. even though it was in... Well, didn't, yeah, he didn't even abstain. He voted, he voted against, against it. it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because he had absolute confidence and he played it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, he is a shrewd politician and knows what's going on. A um, bit of an asshole, but uh, he is effective, I guess. Yeah. After that, they cut to a bomb drop that the Kaiser is dead. Um, it shows, I think it's Reinhardt and Kilkeis getting the news of it on the ship. Um, the Kaiser had died of a heart attack, and Reinhardt makes a note saying that that death is too lenient for him. He wanted him to suffer or some bullshit like that. Um, it cuts yeah, to uh, Mr. Mean. Uh, I should say Rubinsky. Rubinsky. I also really like um, not to. <laughs> Mr. So, mean! <laughs> not to cut on the Mr. Meme thing, but uh, the thing that I really liked about this is just how even the anime dropped the Kaiser dying, who is like this major fixture on one side of the, you know, on, on the entire empire, the major fixture. And he entirely dies off camera, which is kind of, you know. I, I don't want to say like underwhelming, that. but it's sort of like it's the exact same sort of... It, it gets the point across somewhat to how they feel as well. It's kind of like, well, Reinhardt's like, fuck, I wanted to, you know, in another year or two, I probably would have overthrown or, you know, really put the guy through some pain and suffering. And instead, he just bleh, dies. Yeah, I think he even specifically, like, he starts... It, like, clearly, this is a big deal to Reinhardt. This yeah. is not like a tiny thing. Like, it makes him snap a little bit, like, because his plans were clearly based around... That yeah, motherfucker I feel like he being lost alive. the goal at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, like he really wanted to take over, and he even says he's just like I needed five more, got two, two more yeah. years, and I could have done it. I could have goddamn done it with two more years. This mm. idiot couldn't stay alive, and yeah. he's just like he, super pissed off. He, he was could, like, I was going to torture get, him for days. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't get any sort of satisfaction out of it, so it's just. I also oh. kind of like it from a storytelling t- standpoint because, like, I mean, it'd be one thing if there was like a lead up, and it's like, oh, is he getting sick? Yeah, it's all this, yeah. but it's just, oh, he just died. 
And yeah, that's what I mean. It's, of... it was, it's like really nice because there's it's just out of nowhere. We don't see it, and it's just eh, he died. It's like a real heart attack happening to a huh. world leader. Like it's just kind of like you hear it through the news. That's how it happens. And yeah. space he was an important news. character and an important <laughs> fixture, but he wasn't a terribly engaging character. Like they didn't really explore him much. He's just important as like a concept. Yeah, and so. It's really appropriate that it's done this way, and I think it's probably also largely if it does come from a novel, that makes a lot of sense. Because in a novel, you know, you don't really need that build-up or the action. Like, the words kind of just are the damn thing, so yeah. that's already the max output there is just like, the Kaiser's dead, that's it, that's all you need to do in a novel, and you're good. You don't need any build-up or pomp and circumstance, so that translates kind of well to hear i think <laughs> yeah so uh <clears throat> they go to rubinsky he's looking at i guess a lineage chart for the kaiser uh, the kaiser had three grandchildren two of them were women and one was a small kid um he makes the note that the nobles are very unlikely to have a queen and that the kid is young and doesn't have anybody giving him any guidance so that the kid is probably going to ascend to the throne and probably have a region or something um so the Rubinsky ends up being correct. Uh, I guess the Kaiser's name is Edwin Joseph. This kid doesn't look any more than 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And he looks like uh, the yeah. Rubinsky was saying he'd be easy to control politically as a puppet. Yeah, like, like, like Lichtenlaud, I think it was, would be, you know, pushing to make him yeah. Kaiser just so he could, like, you know, be a puppet sort of fixture. Yeah, yeah it was a combination of, like, a desire for a puppet, and then he also was able to pull on the whole just misogyny thing generally speaking Mm -hmm. like just like we can't have a female you know that's not no no we're not doing that like that's how he also pushes it even though this will be a child king which historically always is bad yeah (laughs) always works correct (laughs) never had a problem with a child king i played nino cooney too that's a smart documentary (laughs) it'll turn out fine so while the carl is the new king uh lichtenstein is still the secretary of state and uh, this upsets some of the nobles that he didn't resign. And it's also upsetting that some of the other people in the Lvella line did not get put up for king. So there's a cup, There's a scene of, uh, I forgot the Sam Adams dude's name. Br- I think it was a B. Uh, Brunschweg. Yeah, Brunschweg. talking to another high noble dude, and they're kind of upset about the whole deal. Um, in walks Muckenberg, who was one of the defense secretary guys from earlier. They ask him about his opinion, and he's like, fuck this shit, I'm out, I'm retiring, I'm getting out of this track, because <laughs> he knows what's got to go down soon. Um, <clears throat> it also cuts at this point to the political shakeup happening at the Free Planet Alliance. Um, so Calzone or whatever got a big demotion because he did not... <laughs> Calzone. <laughs> I forgot what the guy's name is. Uh, his, his name is uh, Cassern. It's yeah. They mistranslate the subtitles to like Cazellonu. Yeah, but it's it's it it's, like it's 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 house or it's, something. It's yeah. it's concern. It's yeah. just that the way they pronounced it was like how it's phonetically sounding uh, if you're Japanese, but it's concern. So he got a big promotion for not waking up Lobos. Lobos got a big or demotion. Uh, demotion sorry, right? demotion. What, was it was yeah. it for that or did they just? Uh, well, I, I I couldn't remember exactly what they dinged him for exactly. It, it like, was, was well. It they had some excuse or reason, but yeah, like, it was, let's it was be a, real. It was BS, yeah, yeah. Him yeah, and Lobos both got of big demotions for the whole snafu. Uh, oh, Sydney mm-hmm. retired, which he knew was going to happen anyway. 
And I guess like he was telling Yang, he's getting into beekeeping. Bees. Yeah. Yeah. He was just like he's like, you know, I'm gonna get some bees. And just like beekeeping, he's like, yeah, they kick ass. I mean, Did maybe you know those a, little motherfuckers make honey. Sir, maybe bees went extinct animal. hundreds of years ago. <laughs> maybe as a fleet admiral, he loves controlling little people around him and seeing mm-hmm. the chaos ensues. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> he just likes watching swarms of things yeah. fly with other swarms of things. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Gang is now the Islehorn Fortress commander and. A lot of the people that were under him, like Dusty and all the other people on the bridge crew, are now assorted commanders in Islehorn doing different things. Um, and the last note is Trunit uh, is now real popular because he, quote, opposed the, the war. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a couple more things that wrap up real quick. Uh, they cut to a bar on Fazant. Um, they're introduced some characters which will be important in maybe 30 episodes that are just freelance transport uh, captains of spaceships and they also cut to Reinhardt Kilkeis finally talking to Anna Rose uh, Reinhardt's like mm-hmm. yeah I got you out of the bad predicament you were in because of the Kaiser sorry it took 10 years and Anna Rose is like well I don't have a job anymore and uh, <laughs> that's that <laughs> mm-hmm um, we skipped over a very important thing which um, is the fact that Mr. Mean yeah is oh, in fuck. a cult. He yeah, has a cult. He has a cult shack. It's amazing. Yeah, he's yeah, got he a like... fucking. He's got a Scott Pruitt button. He pushes and he goes into this like hidden soundproof room, and I then he like it. fucking Emperor Palpatine shows up on the hologram. It's and... like a hologram. Yeah, it's like a hologram of a druid, and he's just like, "How goes it, brother?" He's like, "The Earth is hungry. She demands importance and soon." And he's just like. I understand. Like, what the fuck? And it was like, Mr. Mean out of nowhere. Like, there has been no inklings of this, by the way, in the entire series up to this point, which is kind of why I loved the moment so much. Because there's like, you know, there, there's the, uh, you know, the Patriot Knights or whatever. Like, there's those motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, yeah there's like, the, you know, the KKK. There's basically that. Um, political and factions and all this that. Different political factions and stuff. But then there's just out of nowhere a fucking... Like a druid. Like a yeah. bad druid, too. Like a druid into some shit. Like, it's apparently this group that's obsessed with the Earth being yeah. important. The, yeah, they the start Earth, talking about the it next cult. episode. They're, mm-hmm. they're really important, though. Yeah. So, um, episode 17 starts off with a rundown on Iselhort Fortress. It's a pretty much a small, self-contained city. It has... I, it kind of, it's weird because it says that there has, you know, the ability to dock all these spaceships and it can hold a whole bunch of, you know, military crew and stuff. And there's also a small city with civilians in it. I don't know what happened to the Galactic Empire citizens when the fortress got taken over. If they're still uh, yeah. there, they got kicked out or. I, I assume they stayed. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I guess. Like it would have to be a POW situation, right? I, I would mm-hmm. suspect so. I don't think there's ever mm-hmm. a straight answer. It's just that, oh, there's a pretty sizable city-sized population on there, too. Hmm. So um, there's a scene of Jessica. I think it's... No, it's Frederica. Sorry. Frederica and Julian talking uh, about Yang and how Yang got to be in the position he is. It starts to talk a bit about the uh, Alpha Seal fiasco that was happening. Um, the whole backstory about how Yang got to become you know, known as the miracle dude of whatever... Uh, and the, just to put it simply, it was just uh, there were people doing a very bad job of being in control, and Yang took control and handled the yeah. logistics and the got Emperor, people evacuated. The Galactic Emperor was coming for this planet. The Free Planet Alliance that were stationed there realized, oh my god, there's no way we can get all these people evacuated in time, and just took off and left the citizens there. 
Yang saw all this. He uh, took charge of the situation, got all the civilians evacuated before the Empire showed up. And um, that was how he got his whole title stuff. We learned that the person who was in charge of the plan at the time was a guy named Lynch, Arthur Lynch. Um, he was later captured by the Galactic Empire and uh, kind of fell into alcoholism and self-depression because he felt that this guy who had done absolutely nothing kind of framed him for being a uh, shitty at his job he he managed to like convince himself that it was intentional and he was planning on needing to recapture it because they could have done it later or some shit like he's he blames yang for he's his done failings. some yeah he did some serious mental gymnastics so that it is in fact not his fault it is yang's fault yes yeah so we discover this new character with uh being he is in an interrogation session with oberstein who is trying to get information about yang through him uh reinhardt enters the scene and tries to make a deal with lynch about how you uh we're going to give you back to the free planet alliance you should go start a coup a coup and uh, lynch is totally on board with this he sees this as a way to uh take revenge on yang for making him such a yep. loser um well at first he he's against it like he's against the plan more or less he's just like i don't want to do it i just want to live here and shit and then reinhardt just goes off at him he's like do you think you fucking matter i'm sorry <laughs> do you think you matter yeah he and he's kind just of kind appeals of like, to his ego yeah he's just like you are a worthless piece of shit who failed and got captured and now has been a garbage man who just gets drunk all the time do you want to like maybe be someone who matters for once and that eventually just like he's like Fuck you, man. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the turnaround. So he agrees to this. Uh, there's a sh another shot of Kirkyeis not liking this kind of underhanded plan. And Oberstein starting to get the idea that Kirkyeis might be a liability in terms of uh, not being able to get all the stuff done. Yeah, he kind of is just like. That pretty boy's a soft boy, too. Yeah, like, it, that's kind of his take it's, on it's it. It's been growing in the past couple of episodes that Kirkyeis and Oberstein, although they're very professional about how they treat each other, they obviously don't like each other. Uh, Kirkyeis thinks Oberstein is too underhanded and too uh, not honorable. And Oberstein thinks Kirkyeis is an idealist that's too uh, pretty to get his hands dirty. He's soft. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we go back to Yang. He's playing some 3D chess, which is kind of funny. Um, there is an envoy from the Emperor... Uh, that's coming to Izzelhorn, and it turns out that the Galactic Empire wants to do a POW exchange. Um, so Yang gets all of his associates together, and they come up with the idea that Yang, that Reinhardt's probably doing this for political reasons, not that he actually cares about the POWs, but he wants to stall the Free Planet Alliance for a bit, for some reason. They come Like the fact that the Empire is maybe a little bit stretched out yeah. as well, like they're a little bit resource thin, because it's kind of... Like, obviously, we know it because, uh, you know, Mr. Mean was talking about it earlier yeah. of just like, hey, you know, both sides actually are needing some help, huh? The Free Planet uh, Alliance and, also knows that yeah. the Emperor has recently died, so they think that it may be like a political consolidation of power. Yeah. So yeah, that as well. I have here a Samurai Cop Face by Shen Cop. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, what caused it? I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I think it was something, Ryan, I, I think it's something Yang said about no one in the Free Planet Alliance caring about the POWs or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, they, oh yeah that's what it was yeah like uh, they made things like uh so are we gonna they were talking about whether or not to accept the pow and uh yang said something effective well, well it's ultimately out of my hands i don't and he said the the high council really doesn't care about the powers but they have to do it anyway and that was like one of the things you probably shouldn't say so <laughs> yeah like 
he kind of just points out, he's like, hey, man, flawed democracy sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> just kind of like, we got to stick to it or else they won't get reelected. And then there's all this other stuff. He's like, people aren't willing to do it. So, yeah. yeah. So um, the POW exchange goes through. Um, Reinhardt uh, takes a drastic action of forgiving the prisoners of war. I guess previously the Galactic Empire would punish those that were captured and, you know, dishonorably or whatever. But Reinhardt says, hey, it wasn't your bad. If you want, you can reenlist. If not, you can go do whatever. I don't really care. Um, this is kind of mm-hmm. shown as like reformation of some of the military practices that the Galactic Empire has been doing because Reinhardt seems very uh, I don't know, insistent on promoting people on merit as opposed to titles because he hates nobles and all that bullshit. And also being willing to forgive the actions of like the commanders, yeah, the, that's another the actions thing. of commanders that weren't really, yeah, the the soldiers' faults, you know, because he sees it, he understands how it is, he knows that old guard was bullshit. Yeah, old so, people were stupid. You're forgiven. Yeah. I agree. Fuck the baby boomers. Now <laughs> let's get to work. <laughs> so, um, Kirkyais actually does the exchange himself. He goes to Iselhorn Fortress and. Uh, signs all the papers and everything there's an interesting scene where uh he is introduced during the signing ceremony with his full grand title of you know vice admiral and all that and yang just shows up and like yeah i'm yang he just doesn't care oh yeah i forgot about <laughs> that yeah because yeah Kilki ice gives himself yeah he's like i'm vice admiral of you know the, of the main fleet of the galactic emperor right hand of blah 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 and then yeah uh, hi, I'm Yang. <laughs> just <laughs> after this huge, this huge elaborate thing, this presentation, like he walks in and there's people waiting for him. You know, all these people being like, "Wow, that guy's super handsome." Like, yeah, they, by I the way, here. everybody not wants a to joke. Fuck eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like literally every woman in the room is just like, "Fuck, I want to get some of that." Like every single person in the room, it's ridiculous. Like they're all just like, "Man, that guy is super handsome, huh?" It's <laughs> like it, this is this is kind of. Uh, um, semi-related they're like OVA spin-off things that um, give more backstory on the characters and what I thought was funny was there's like a few where they go over a Kirscheis and the funny thing with him is when they redrew him and went over his designs again they made him really really buff and really and even more handsome so it's like they went back and they said oh we gotta make him even more hot in this it's unreasonable. We need to make sure everyone knows how super fuckable character. Because it was like the last thing in the series my brother and I were watching. We got the knockoff <laughs> DVDs, and I was I, I just I looked at my brother at one point. I'm like, they made him really buff in this, didn't they? Like, yeah. <laughs> Kill the Ice is all about those gains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, see, everybody wants to fuck Kill the Ice. Uh, Yang makes a comment that says that he likes the enemy commander better than his own politicians. <laughs> Because, I mean, Kilke Ice is kind of just an all-around nice guy anyway, so... And very, Kilke Ice and very is probably yeah. Kilke Ice is probably the closest thing the Empire has to Yang, yeah, in terms for of what it is worth. Yeah, because yeah, Kilke Ice is a bit of a take-it-easy man, like, it, to Reinhardt's, you know, fireball personality, so, like... He's kind of the yang in this situation. Also, he's very against loss of life, it seems like. Oh, yeah, as well. he cares about his subordinates because, like yeah. he said earlier, and then he knows the names of everyone and all that. So, mm-hmm. I, I remember um, when, uh, the, like, the, the previous episode when, um, when Kirshis was trying to calm Reinhardt down about fighting Yang, wasn't there was like some one off comment he made before this is before he met Yang. 
He made some one-off comment that Yang probably really wants to fight Reinhardt too, or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. it was like one of the few times that that Kirshai says something like that. It's sort of like that's actually totally wrong, my dude. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's actually at the end of exactly. this episode uh, when Kierkegaard goes back to Reinhardt. Reinhardt asks oh, about okay. Yang, and well, uh, he says like he's like kind-hearted. He, he's also like, even though he seems like he is uh, laid back, he also seems that he's really intelligent and can see through his plans. And that kind of ups- not upsets but unnerves Reinhardt a bit. <laughs> um, so going back to the pal ceremony thing, so the pals get exchanged. Yang has to go back to Heinesen to ex- do some ceremony. Uh, he ditches it with Julian. Um, the plan then then cuts to the fact that Reinhardt is trying to divide up the Free Plan Alliance while he consolidates his own power. There is a scene of uh, Yang talking to Bukok about this, about how he thinks there may be a possible coup during that. And uh, we get to see a bit more of Bukok talking about how he's trying to keep things together back home despite the fact that everything's in pretty big disarray because of the last battles that happened yeah. um, there's another scene of the earth cults uh, back on earth doing making some plans at some you know shady <clears throat> table or whatever yeah and there's some uh, p- pretty important small things said here where um, when we're talking to the earth cult in general they are mentioning you know their whole ideas they want to get back to earth they want to you know live on the earth earth is some sacred place it's the cradle of life blah 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 they're you know they're obsessed with it it's mm-hmm. a you know a religious extremist cult um, but I think it's Yang who makes the offhand comment of just like it's probably Trudent's next team, man. After the you know after the Patriot yeah. Knights it's, fucked up that bad and like burnt down a place and lost an election, like they yeah. probably just rebranded. Yeah, that was the thing <laughs> that happened when he was talking to Bucock at the park. They see a bunch of these religious people, you know, shouting in the streets or whatever, and uh, it's brought up that since Earth is inside the Galactic Empire territory, the cult is very supportive of war because they want it to be liberated. In addition to all the crazy things they want to do on Earth, they want to take the motherland back. Yeah, yeah. it's a very uh, uh, like analogous situation to um, uh, what is it? Uh, or in Jerusalem, Middle East. I'm forgetting. <laughs> I'm, sure, you know what? I'll just we'll leave it at that. Like I'm not gonna go into specifics without looking shit up first because I ain't gonna try and make an ass of myself like that. Yeah. So we'll just say, you know. That war in general, yeah. that long one that's been going for a hot minute, yeah. And, and so, this uh, in this storyline, isn't Earth supposed to be like a polluted shithole? Like, isn't yeah. that alluded to? Like, I that's mean, they, why people go left because it, it was so later. terrible. Yeah, yeah, they'll go into it much later in the series, but yeah, Earth mm. is kind of a backwater at this yeah. point. So, like, let's get the hell mm. off this planet. We used it up, and it's hideous now. It, it's no, funny. Go we back. Understand how did we didn't understand green industry yet? Oops. Like, yeah, oops. there's we several just like, for... Yeah, we'll filter the air. My nuts. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, oh shit, we really should have filtered the air, huh? Yeah, we super should have. There's several scenes where people are like, oh yeah, these uh, Earth cultists, and it's like Earth. Oh, is that the planet where humans came from? Like, it's not widely known, or not widely yeah. known, but it's like kind of obscure knowledge that humans came from Earth. So it's kind of no one lives there anymore. It's kind of implied that way. <laughs> Um, but one of the last scenes in this episode is the uh, bunch of shady people around the table. We see that that Lynch guy is there drinking an entire bottle of Jack Daniels to himself. But um, they're plotting mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, and we see Fork is there, of course. Yes, because of course Fork is there. Because Fork is a prick. Yeah, like Fork continues to be an asshole. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and they and it seems like it's pretty clear too that Fork has had some level of influence lynch has also had some level of influence so they are very much like 
you know, I think this Yang Wenli guy's going to be a yeah, problem. Yeah, that's one of the and things. Just... The, the table, the round group of these uh, plotters or whatever, uh, bring up the fact that they need to go after uh, Yang because he's, one, a hero in the eyes of the citizen, and two, one of the smartest people in the whole political system when it comes to warfare. And if they want their way, they have to get him out because he's seen as kind of independent of the political mm-hmm. system. So... It's setting up for the next couple episodes to have some political intrigue, uh, since we got the war stuff out of the way for a while. Mm-hmm. It will be a little off fighting and a little more on the uh, cloak, cloak and dagger, dagger yeah. which is going to be a little more on the FPA side. Because while there was some before, it didn't really get like deep intrigue type stuff. Well, I mean, there's going to be so intrigue it'll... on both sides because the Free Plan Alliance is still reeling from their losses and they have all oh, these yeah. co I just mean this is going to be, for the FPA, I think this is going to be their first like really significant oh, political big upheaval. one. Cause yeah, because yeah, the other ones were like, they was... were huge, but they're not to yeah, the point of a coup d'etat. Stuff, yeah. But I yeah. mean, the Empire also has problems too. That new king just got crowned and he's going to be, you know, a wet sock. So Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that uh that's that's all we got. So next week uh-huh. it'll be episodes Oh, go ahead. There was one thing I wanted to mention once we wrapped up the episode. Um I was trying to figure out um a character's name and I was looking up on Wikipedia and I kind of went down a rabbit hole while we were talking and I decided to look at the guy who plays uh Trunicht and does his voice acting. His name is uh Yukinori Ishizuka and um I've kind of ruined Trunick now by knowing this, but uh, he's played a whole bunch of people over the years, and one of them is like he did Jet Black's voice in Cowboy Bebop. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. But he also voiced Joseph Joestar. <laughs> nice. So, old Wait, Joseph. Which jo- old y- Joseph? Y- mm-hmm. Nice. Another so, one of my favorite voice actors. Nice. So, whenever Trunick talks. I was worried talks. you were going to say, like, I was really worried you were going to say, like, the Japanese voice for Senator Armstrong from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> like, I was going to be like, too many. It One too to many. Pull up. He also, he, also, <laughs> yeah. he also played Mr. Satan in Dragon Ball. Oh, so. nice. Oh, how about that? Mm. But, Joe Star, but uh, Joseph Joestar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, so next week yeah, is uh, uh, 18 through 22? 22? Yeah, because yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. Yeah, that's five episodes. And, uh, yeah, hey, if you aren't already uh, following uh, the P-O-D underscore G-H or Pod of Galactic Heroes uh, on Twitter, please do. uh, And feel free to subscribe on whatever service you are using, whether it be Google Play or iTunes or whatever. And uh, if you enjoyed it, uh, you know, feel free to drop a review. Uh, I'm not supposed to say if you didn't enjoy it, don't, but hey, don't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hanging out again, G-Op and Kubo, and uh, till next, next week, space anime.